So welcome aboard to today's podcast. It's Dave Mormon with Home Service Business Coach. Uh, and as you may have known, we have had our membership actually closed for the last number of weeks. Um, just as we've had uh, uh, some great new members come into Home Service Business Coach, we've been working quite closely with. Um, but we will be looking to reopen our membership at some point in the short term future. And so if that's of interest to you, uh, getting coaching, building systems in your business, getting off the truck, um, definitely book in a call with us. If you just scroll down here, um, you can jump on our website and book in a free strategy call to see if you're going to be a good fit to work with us. Um, at time of this recording, we've now helped over 125 home service business owners to build systems so they can get true freedom from their business. So if that is of interest, uh, go ahead and check that out. Uh, but we're going to be diving into today's episode uh, with some tricks, with some tips uh, from Jersey with uh, WCR. And so I think you're going to find a lot of good value in this one. Uh, and I hope that you find some encouragement uh, in this interview that I got to have with Jersey. So go ahead and enjoy and wish you well uh, the rest of your day. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, everyone, it's Dave Mormon here with Home Service Business Coach, and I have a special guest uh, for today's episode on not just the podcast, but also YouTube. I've got Jersey here from Window Cleaning Resource. My man, how are we doing this fine Friday? I'm doing amazingly. I'm ready for spring. I can tell you that much. Yeah, man, you guys must be getting pretty busy uh, with everybody getting busy for cleaning, and I'm sure you guys have been uh, e extremely busy the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So because we, we ship worldwide, but nationwide, U.S. is really our market. But there's people in Texas and Florida, they all start way earlier than, say, the New York and Maine and, you know, Wisconsin and all those places. So we start our seasons a little bit longer than the average person's. But uh, yeah, it starts to, to flood across the country. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jersey, it's the first time you're on uh, my show here, man. And I know you've got a, a killer podcast of your own, which we'll, we'll link up in the show notes for everybody for even more content. But let's just start at the beginning, man. Who Who is Jersey and, and kind of what's been your, uh, you know, journey in a nutshell up to this point where you're at? Yeah, so I started a window cleaning business. Um, and this is back in the day when there was no forums, there was, there was nothing. I mean, Waterfed wasn't even barely on the market yet, but I ran that for 16 years and I actually decided to move South. And, uh, when I did, I sold my company to my operations officer, which was an awesome, like high five transfer the deed done deal. Um, I consulted for his company for four years. That was part of the buyout. And then, um, the, um, Time I moved here, I started another company and had it for a whole whopping year before I realized it was just too much stuff to do the consulting for that company. And then I started doing sales for WCR and I was doing live chat and then I was trying to do another company. So I kind of picked what I was going to do and went into WCR and doing sales. And that's kind of where we are now. I've been doing that now for 
eight years, I think I've been doing sales for them. I known those guys forever. I was actually the first person to ever um, sign up for their, their forum, which was 15 years ago. Um, But uh, I've known the guys forever. I've been in the industry kind of like you said, content and everything. And then two years ago, I bought American window cleaner magazine to add to more content. And that's got us where we are now. Amazing, man. I feel like you guys have the best domain. Is it windowcleaner.com? Is that you guys' domain? Yes. So window cleaner in every platform is us. So Instagram, window cleaner is us, uh, TikTok, um, everything. So we've we've spent time and money um, getting those domains from different people just so it would be as clear cut across the board as we can. So yeah. yeah. No, man, that's amazing. Um, before we get into much of what WCR is doing, I, I want to track back a little bit in your in your story and entrepreneurship. We got a big listener based jersey that is like owner operator, maybe doing you know one to two hundred grand in sales. And I know these are the uh, the dudes and the girls that buy from you guys. So tell us maybe a little bit of that uh, of of that struggle in entrepreneurship because I think sometimes we hear these shows and everyone, you know, grows their business and, and, you know, makes a whole bunch of money, but that's not always the case. So maybe tell us like all the way back to your story of maybe like a, a tough time or a tough lesson that you learned in entrepreneurship. Cause we try to keep it like pretty real on this show, man. So I'd yeah. love to hear maybe a, a challenge you had and, and kind of how you worked through that. And then, then we'll dig into the, the meat and potatoes at WCR. Yeah, yeah. Social media sucks. I'm just going to start with saying that because it's a highlight reel for everybody. Everybody who's on there is like, hey, I just got this $16,000 check. Boom, look at And they didn't say like, oh, yeah, by the way, I needed to borrow money to make payroll over the winter. Like it just it puts out there. And then the problem is, is that everybody compares themselves to everybody else. Well, no one's jumping on Facebook like, oh, just had the stomach flu for two days. And I, you know, like the, the negative's not out there. So you can't compare yourself to anybody else. So wherever position anybody's in, that's the position that they need to just focus on what they are now from where they are last year. And if there's growth in you, that's exactly what you need to do. There is no right or wrong way to do business. But as far as lessons go, uh, I don't think that uh, you have a long enough podcast to tell you all the lessons (laughs) I've learned. Um, But yeah, I've had those um, lessons that kind of gave me business PTSD, right? Where um, I had, uh, in my second year, I had a, uh, no, it's third year. I'm sorry. I went to my accountant and it was a friend of a friend. One of those deals, you know, for 50 bucks, she did my taxes. And I, I went in there and she said, wow, you guys did really good. I said, yeah, thank you. Well, this was the Friday before tax day was on a Monday. And she goes, oh, and I didn't quite understand that the tax lady telling you you did good was a bad thing. But she said, we ended up owing all this money. And it was one of the largest, uh, sums of money I'd ever had to pay for anything up to this point in my life. And I had two days to come up with it and ended up, I couldn't make payroll. I couldn't do anything. I didn't even have the funds. So I had to go and like, like we said, borrow money and actually um, be able to pay for everything and kind of put myself in an, in a, uh, in a bit of an issue where it, I learned a great lesson from it, you know? Um, but that was one of the ones that I really, really remember. And there's been a lot of times of hair pulling and and sadness and trying to just kind of keep everything together, but yeah, kind of gets you to where you are. Yeah, man. I, I love that quote of like choosing your heart. I think like 
the owner operators on the truck, it, it's hard because you're doing the work and you don't have, um, it, it's more of a job and self-employed lifestyle, but then also the business owners that, you know, more scale up and grow a company, um, there's stress that comes with employees and taxes and payroll and, and growth pains. And so yeah. I think in business, man, what I've seen is you just need to choose your heart and choose your path and say, Hey, this is the journey I'm going to go down for the next, you know, X amount of years. And I think it should be years, if not decades and have this like long view in business. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's not easy, man, running your own business. That's for sure. Well, and there's no wrong way about business. That's the cool thing. Like how you do business There's people out there who, Hey man, I like capped 150 grand. I make a year and I do it myself. I don't have a helper. I don't like when you make a dollar, you make a dollar. And then there's another guy out there who wants to have, well, I got to hit that million dollar mark. I want to have 10 trucks. On the, and that's right too. But I'm telling you, when you get that big, they're not, every dollar they make, they're not making, you know, yeah. but different stresses come with different things. Different valuations of companies come with different things. If you're a, a sole owner operator guy and you go to sell your business, you're selling somebody a job. So your profit on business is going to be less than the guy that has 10 trucks out there. So yeah. pros and cons of everything, but doesn't mean anything's right or wrong. Yeah, man, let's go one step deeper. Um, what what kind of structure did you find where you said you sold your company to your to your ops manager? So that tells me there was some more people other than Jersey. So tell me kind of what what model did you find uh, work, worked well for you? Because there's like sweet spots in business. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so there's a concept called saturation, which I think is in any business, any size, you have to kind of realize that side. And saturation is just this, that Say one truck of two guys can do X amount of work before you have to have to get another truck, new guys, and it changes all your bills, right? So you have to get as efficient as possible with that one crew. So size isn't as much what matters as far as efficiencies. Because I know guys that have been doing, I literally know a company just under $3 million a year, and his profits on his company was like $16,000 for wow. whole year. Like at that point, your efficiencies are so off that who's working that hard with that many headaches for yeah. 16 grand? It just doesn't make sense. So when I ended up selling, I had uh, 10 employees um, total, um, but then we had a couple of different divisions and the equipment and all that stuff. So for me, uh, I kind of didn't hold myself back from growth, but I also didn't look to grow. I looked to strengthen. That was just kind of my goal. I wanted my guys to be able to make as much money as they could um, while not having a thousand other things to worry about. So again, saturation and efficiency is what you need to work for in general. It's better than size. Yeah, totally. What I found too, man, in, in working with a bunch of people in the industry is that owners tend to have more of either or generally is more sales and marketing chops. Like you're better in front of the customer you know, maybe door knocking, driving yeah. growth. And then you've got more generally kind of an integrator who tends to be very operationally minded, you know, good at the technical, but also a good leader. Did you find that in your journey that you were maybe one more side of the track and you had to kind of, I call it like getting professionally married to almost yeah. like a, a, your equal part. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, I can tell you with 100% certainty that I did not want to be a window cleaner. Like that wasn't my goal where there's some people who are like, dude, I love window cleaning. I'm going to be a window cleaner. That's what I'm going to do forever. Even if I have 10 trucks on the road, I'm going to keep cleaning windows because I love it. That wasn't me. I wanted to have a business and I just found that this was a great area to get into. So 
Um, I hired my first person after one day and it was wow. uh, um, a friend of mine who didn't have work. And it was just to basically have that kind of goal of getting out. And I was out of the truck probably within the first maybe year, year and a half when I fire, hired my second employee then and had them doing it. And that was exactly it. That person that I hired, the second person had to be the person who could run the entire crew. Yeah. And uh, that's what I hired for. And he was, uh, that was not the ops manager I ended up selling to, but he was, he worked for me for six or seven years. It was amazing. He ran the show up until that point. And that's why I hired him is because he fit a spot that was really, really good that I lacked in. And that was that marriage you're talking about. Yeah, no, man, that's so cool. So let, let's get in the weeds a little more, man. I want to know, you guys obviously work with a ton of cleaning business owners. Do you guys, is it, is WCR just window cleaners or do you have pressure washing gear as well and stuff? Yeah. So sales wise, uh, we sell 99.9% uh, window cleaning stuff. We do cool. have a couple things in the pressure washing line, but we also sell a lot to pressure washers who are getting into window cleaning. Yeah. Um, but we don't sell pressure washers themselves. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there's obviously a lot of probably crossover with, with those two. Yeah. Um, I know in my company, we started with window and gutter cleaning and then added on the pressure washing and it's been, been great, you know, to, to service existing customers. But what, what do you see working with a lot of these window cleaners from your, you guys are like the suppliers. So why do you think, or what do you see are kind of the, the chokeholds in business? Why people do and I'm sure there's a, a numerous reasons, but what would be kind of like one or two or three where you're like, man, if I had to like sum this up, it would be A, B and C that that people tend to not last in this business or, or you know, don't don't make it. Yeah, it, it, it sounds stupid and cliche, but it's hustle. I've had so many people who are like, man, it's slow. Like I didn't get I I, I got nothing, man. And you're like, OK, well, what did you do yesterday? Like, man, I. I handed out like a couple door hangers, you know, and then I ended up having a dentist appointment and uh, yeah, I mean, just slow. And it's like, okay, well work eight hours on your job or your company, even if you don't have eight hours of work, right? Like nobody can give you hustle. Nobody can teach you hustle. Nobody can write a book about how to get you to hustle. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. And the only person you have to blame for failure, in my opinion, is yourself. Because even if things hit the fan or you don't have work or you don't, whatever, you can always work a little bit more towards that goal to kind of help yourself. So if anybody's struggling, step back and look at yourself and say, Hey, is there anything else that I can do? Any, anything more that I can give to it? Yeah, no, man, that's so good. Let, I want to hear more on that. Um, Cause I completely agree. Do you think that hustle, where does that come from? Is that wired in from our upbringing? Can that be taught ever? Like uh, I, I'd like to hear a little more of your take on that. Yeah. Um, I think that it can be turned on. I really do. Um, I know that it's hard for some people, but there's also a realization in, in window cleaning, it's 50 bucks and you can be a window cleaner, right? So our cost of entry is extremely low, but if somebody gets into something, you go, Oh, cool. This is fun, man. I made like a hundred bucks yesterday. This is great. Right. At that point, they're not looking at it as a business. And at some point, a lot of companies go, Whoa, wait, okay. If I did that, I can do $100 an hour if I did eight hours a day and I got this and I did this and I'm efficient and I'm all of a sudden that part kicks in. And then to see that goal, that's how you get there. It's like throwing, you know, an address into the GPS. If I wanted to come visit you right now, I would have to put your address into my GPS. It would tell me step by step how to get there. 
But if I just said, yeah, I'm going to come visit you and you never gave me your address and I'm like, yeah, I'll make it there someday. That's where I want to go. Like, yeah, you're going to take so much time trying to figure it out if you don't have it all written out and planned. 100%, man. I'm curious to your story, how you you started with hunger, with hustle. How did you get your first couple jobs? Like, let's go so granular to the entrepreneur yeah. listening, listening who literally just went to Home Depot and and made that mistake. I know I did. You buy the the cheap stuff and you're in business, right? So how did you get your first few jobs when you were getting this thing going? Yeah. So um, I was confused. So when we, when I started, um, like I said, there was no forums, there was no real way to kind of ask people like, Hey, how do you do this? Or what do you do? So I just did a lot of things and tried to figure it out. And when it kicked in for me, I realized that if I was out there, if I was putting my name or telling people my name, if I somehow advertise, if you're simple stuff too, if you got money or time, you have one or the other, if I'm putting my name out there on Craigslist ads, if I'm putting it out there on SEO and other pages, and I'm um, putting my my name and my website on all this stuff, and I'm handing out brochures, I just thought every single person that is going to see my logo, see my name, see my services, see my every person, eventually, I'm going to have 100,000 people that maybe know about me. You know, Even if they don't remember me, they'll at least know about me once. So I just figured I just have to be everywhere. And in the beginning, for me, I'm not to speak for everybody, but I had more time than money. There was a very early step uh, part that I obviously didn't have enough money to do these giant EDDM campaigns and spend $750 a month on SEO and all this other stuff. So it was just getting out there. It was just putting it out there. And every piece of anything or any type of content that I put out there for the time was just one step kind of closer. Yeah. No, man, that's so good. Did you ever go down the door knocking path when you got going or was it mostly the, the flyers and the signs like you're saying? Yeah. So door knocking, I still have uh, an issue. I have uh, a lot of people I talk to that like that. Um, I don't like that necessarily kind of intrusive side, but I did a lot of door hangers. So I found that if you buy really nice higher end door hangers, it's cheaper than if you go to, you know, a place and we, we, we could pay for color copies when I started, right, to age myself a little bit. So I would go and find the difference between them and then start split testing. And it was cheaper to do the really fancy ones, but it was a lower uh, response rate on the fancy ones because they thought that I was expensive. If I went and did a canary yellow, black and white copy and did the same thing, I would get a better response. So in the very beginning, I started figuring the kind of split testing thing. I didn't do door knocking, but I did door hangers. And that was kind of a little bit easier way to kind of get out there. But yeah, it was just another touch, basically. Not so good. It, it can fire people up the door knocking and the marketing, similar to how in the window cleaning, are you going water fed pole? Or are you going like traditional scrubber squeegee? It's like, I always like to say for people, they should do marketing that's congruent with their own value set, right? Like yeah. if you don't enjoy getting interrupted at the door, maybe you shouldn't do that for your company. Right. And and I think there's, there's pros and cons to that, that uh, piece for sure. But I think man, to your point of like, marketing shouldn't just be this buffet, like a little bit, little bit, little bit, like you went all in on door hangers. Like, were you doing like, like, give us some, some numbers or is it hundreds? Is it thousands? Did you hit the same neighborhood like four times? Tell us a, a little bit about that. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of money to do giant things. So the more you buy of print products, obviously it's cheaper, but it was like 250, 500 or a thousand. I'm like, I'm going to do a thousand. And that's just like so many, that's a thousand Pete. 
And mm. I found out that by handing those out and giving my content to everybody that I ever ran into about anything, you tend to go through that fast. But out of a thousand, you're going to get some money back. And then that money just turns around and gets reinvested. And then you now have 2,500. You put those out, you make more money. And eventually you start making enough money that your um, reinvesting is lower than the amount you make. And then you get to keep some of it. So yeah. I just figured that the faster I could reinvest the money, the faster I could kind of get those new people coming in the door. Yeah, no, man, it's so good. It's a, it's business is just such a game, isn't it? Of yeah. proving the concept initially, make a little bit, reinvest, go back in, go. It's just like you're, it's like a slingshot almost. It's so, so uh, fascinating. Yeah, it, in the beginning too, you know, I still remember I have my check still. I brought it when I moved, but my first check I ever got ever with my company, I still have it on my wall. Wow. And that was like one of those things where the first route job I ever got, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like I got this route job. Like they're going to pay me every two weeks to be like, yeah. I still remember that. I still remember my first house. I still remember the first comma sale, right? The first wow. giant project where I did pressure washing houses, gutters, all that. And they paid me over a thousand dollars. I, all that stuff gets you fired up to keep going because it's just new and it's exciting. And that's the game. That's what you're chasing. You know, you're chasing that success and success means different things, but however yeah. it is for you, that's your motivation. No, man. It's so cool. Thank you for your honesty sharing. That's great. I, I want to transition man, to WCR because I think the listeners have heard your story. You you clearly have entrepreneurial skill sets. I'm curious, how do you weave that into be working in a, in you guys have a freaking empire, man. Like how did you plug that kind of small business sense and, and chops that you learned many years, uh, you know, running your cleaning business. How does that skill set translate into working for a larger company? Are they giving you, you know, you're, you're heading up sales. So I'd imagine you have a whole division that maybe you see as like your own business. I'm curious your, your mindset of that translation from small biz to WCR. Yeah. So when I started with WCR on the kind of level that I did, um, I kind of have ownership in WCR as far as like how we've grown, how much we've grown, the size we are. We kept, when we first capped market share, when we became the largest supplier in the world for window cleaning supplies, like all these certain little things I felt like I kind of had a place in. And it's really cool because the business is awesome. WCR is great. Um, we do, you know, the fastest shipping and the easiest process, the nicest that we have all those. But the other side of it is I get to still talk to people all day long, every day. I mean, Mondays are my busiest day and I have almost a hundred text messages from wow. people just one day, yeah. you know? So I'm always talking to people. I'm always taking orders. I'm always helping people get what they want. And it's not all water fed. It's sometimes squeegees, scrubbers, whatever, but I get to be part of everybody's business a little bit mm -hmm. instead of just focusing on one business. So I get a ton of new people, which is great because they'll ask questions and all of a sudden they get their first job and they send me this thing like, Oh my gosh, I'm so and, I get to almost relive that where, as you know, the longer you're in business, you almost get jaded. You get yeah. you know, soft on the edges where it's like, yeah, I've been there, done that. Like, yeah, I've, you know, I've done $100,000 contracts. Like it's yeah. hard to get excited until you start with these new guys and you're like, dude, like this has changed my life. You know, it's, yeah. so I get to kind of have that. And that's really what gets me kind of going. It sounds dumb and corny, but you're, 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 you're able to have all those awesome experiences with a bunch of other people. And then you feel like you're helping. Yeah, man. That's cool that your client used to be like a homeowner or someone that owns a small business. And now your client is the entrepreneur that's going out. It's really like someone buys 
scrubber squeegee from you it, it's like it's almost like a gift of entrepreneurship in the box like hey you oh, yeah. you forked up 200 bucks got the good stuff now let's go spin that into two grand this next week and and go get some jobs right yeah yeah and you know this from the podcast that you do you were at a certain point where you've asked people for help for a long time in the very beginning until you got to the point where somebody asked you and you're like I know that question. Yeah. All of a sudden you can help. And yeah. now being able to give that kind of back and do that is like just as exciting as like doing it yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's really pretty cool to just kind of be able to experience that across the board, every different state and across the world. So it's kind of cool. It's amazing. So yeah. let's go a little further, man, on, on WCR window cleaning resource. I want to know exactly number one, what you guys do, what kind of products you have. And then two, in as much detail as possible, if you can describe who you guys are perfect for, if like the listeners doing this in revenue, this service located here, like just to answer yeah. kind of a little bit more meat and potatoes here. Yeah, definitely. So we sell window cleaning supplies. We have 15,000 SKUs in our store. We sell not everything. I imagine there's certain things we probably don't, but we sell a lot and we sell, um, the majority of window cleaning supplies sold in the country comes from us. So great numbers, great metrics. What that means is that our facilities and our staffing and our shipping especially is absolutely incredibly fast. So our big thing is we want to ship things uh, the cheapest and the quickest to anybody in the country. That's kind of our big and ultimate goal. Um, we have new warehouses. We have more content out there than anybody ever has. We're trying to help people as much as we are selling things. And it uh, has the name resource in our name. That's what we want to be as a resource for people. So who we cater to is everybody. We have people who have those giant companies. We sell to people who have multi-million dollar companies, but we also do startup companies all the time. Um, that's one of our big um, niches actually is a new startup company because when they go to find like, who sells window clean? They find us because of our marketing and everything that we do. And then we get to be able to help them from the very, very beginning and get them into maybe the right equipment and any orders. It doesn't matter size wise, but we do specialize obviously in a lot of pure water stuff because people are getting into the game for the first time and we're able to kind of offer that stuff too. So it's yeah. uh, it's pretty awesome there. So cool, man. Do you see the avatar changing in the window cleaning industry as far? Like when I got in, man, it's like, the the cleaners I would reach out to and see they're like like not to stereotype but tended to be like some older dudes right yeah. like I've been I, I was in actually in Portland with my wife and we we're in Powell's books and I found this like 30 year old window cleaning book like how to bid and it was written by like some old dude and so now what I'm seeing with social media um, you know, I think kind of the, the, there's a lot of flashy, sexy marketing to make X amount in this when we kind of touched on that, but are you seeing the avatar be like, I'm all for younger, younger folk in entrepreneurship. I'm just curious what you guys are seeing. Yeah. So what's, what's interesting about what you said is, um, this is, it feels like a hundred years ago, but when, when WCR started, we started as a forum. And the concept at the time was dinosaurs die. And that sounds morbid, I know. But what it is, is that eventually those guys have been doing it forever. I do this and I can't change anything because they're set in their ways and no harm, no foul on that. But those guys eventually decide to retire. They go on to different things. They move, they do everything else. And that new generation is what you're seeing now. And uh, 100% true. Um, we were always glorified janitors, but there was no real culture. Um, what 
has changed over even the last 10 years is now instead of just the glorified janitors that clean bird poop off windows, we actually are like super stoked at what we do. There's, I mean, we sell skateboards with our logo on it. We sell, I, I don't have any in front of me, but we have more sticker ideas and custom things for everybody from magazine. We're finding now where it's like this thing where people are like, this is cool. Like I'm part of this thing as opposed to just, you know, I'm an old guy. I've done this. I read that 30 year old book. I know how to bid things because they told me that in black and white pictures. Like we're having this whole new thing where it's a lot of young people. We're starting to see now this really big influx in the past probably year of guys that are like 14 years old getting into it. They're 13 wow. and 14 saying, Hey, I'm trying to do these things on the weekends or at night. And I think it's a cool thing. And and you're just getting this new group of people in there. And with age comes hustle, right? So you're getting a lot of these guys who have these new age ideas. So they're having trucks that are wrapped that are crazier looking than anything ever before. This new gear that's out there. Guys are spending $350 on a bucket. You know, like we have premium items too, where people are now taking this kind of to the next step where they're like, yeah, I'm going to treat myself to this $300 pole for, for traditional cleaning instead of a $60 one from Lowe's or Home Depot. So that trend's happening. People are becoming a little bit more um, invested in the culture and kind of invested in the experience. So it's pretty cool to see if you really block it out for the time. Yeah, man, that's so good. And there's just so much like the good and bad, bad education online, but there are some really good like resources, like what you guys put out. And I know when I was like 18, man, I was trying to save up my way to get into college. And I literally put an ad up on Craigslist. This was like when Craigslist was kind of like new and weird. And so I remember painting a guy's trim on his house for like 300 bucks. And I took my Honda Civic, I got a gallon of paint at Home Depot, like a crappy paintbrush. And went and made like 300 bucks less the yeah. cost of paint. And it's like, man, the, if there was internet now to YouTube and read some of yeah. you guys' stuff, it's just like, I wouldn't say it's like this generation maybe as it easier, but I think you have it like more educated and you can like launch properly, which is so cool. Yeah, it's different. And this is going to make me sound like an old man, I, I promise. And this is not anybody who's listening, but the, the problem is, is now because the internet is what it is, every question's answered. Every question you could ever have is out there. You have to ask the right question to find it. But now you start seeing a lot of people who they get torn up in the forums anyway, in the Facebook groups, but they jump on and they say, um, as my, my light turns off here, yeah. but they say, um, they say, Hey, I need to know this. And it's a simple question. And instead of finding it themselves, they go, Hey, give me all this information. Tell me yeah. this thing. Yeah. If you're the type of person who will go out there and find the information it is 10 times easier now to start a business than it has ever been because every answer is out there. It's put out there for public people. I've done six, almost six years of podcasts just on the business side of, of window cleaning. Like yeah. if you go and listen, you have almost every answer you could possibly find. It's yeah. just getting those information now where you start to get some of the younger people that come in and they just go, tell me everything. I don't yeah. want to find it, you know, but if you're the one that will go find it, you're going to go far. Yeah, man, there's a lovely thing called the search bar in a Facebook group, right? It's like, how much would you bid for this? Like, okay, yeah. And yeah. I think people need to learn that. But um, no, man, that's so well said. Um, last two things, man, uh, um, before you tell us how to reach out to you, I want to hear like one final piece of advice. Most of these listeners are listening. They're driving around. They're fighting the good fight. Um, this yep. is going to come out in the springtime of 2023. So, you know, crazy economic year, uh, maybe some uncertainty. Like, 
if you could rewind the clock to you sitting back in your truck driving around, like what, what would be one thing you're like, man, if this, this just like camp on this a little bit for today, for the listeners, what would be kind of one imparting piece of advice? Man, my biggest uh, mistake to some degree was my level of seriousness, right? So I went longer than I should have without really going, wow, if I like lock down and do this, like I am a CEO of a company, I can be a CEO of a company. Like the guy who is a CEO of Coca-Cola probably works, you know, 60 hours a week. He's always working. He's always on it. He's always what, that's why he is what he is. I got into this for the freedom, like most people do. And then as soon as they find out that they can start making money, they go make money instead of the freedom. It took me longer to do that transition than it could have. And I think that the way that your business compounds every year, if you go and really make 2023 amazing, 2024 will be even better than if you didn't make 2023 amazing. So getting that in, kind of taking it serious and really just living like nobody else now really kind of makes a big difference. Yeah. No, man, I love that. And this thing, you know that because you were in business multiple years. It, I, The reference I use is a snowball. And the thing, it, it's hard to get that initial snowball packed. But once it's going and it's pretty sweet packing snow and it gets going down the hill and momentum, multiple years, multiple years, don't quit and go back to the start. The thing will compound. And that's where it just becomes so cool, man. You create, oh, yeah. that's why I love entrepreneurship. You create something out of nothing. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Awesome, man. Well, tell us, um, I'll link up in the show notes, but I want you to to mention your podcast, man, because I've been going through some of those episodes and it is excellent. So I think if you can touch on that and then just what would be a great way to maybe reach out to you or for someone even to put an order, maybe you guys got like a sweet offer or something you want to want to throw out on here. Um, let t- Tell us where we can learn some more. Definitely, definitely. So my podcast is WCR Nation. Uh, it's anywhere podcasts are, you can find it there, even on YouTube. Um, I also own American Window Cleaner magazine. So if you really want to nerd out, go get a magazine. It's print and shows up at your door. Um, but if you want to call me and have me as your rep, that's what I do. That's how I make my cheddar. Um, my number direct is 862-312-2026. That's my cell phone. So text me, call me, check us out. It's windowcleaner.com. Nice and easy to remember. We are the greatest place to buy window cleaning supplies. We have the greatest staff because I'm part of it. Um, but definitely check us out. I mean, there's no reason to shop anywhere else. We have everything. So I love it, Jersey, man. You're hands on getting listeners to text you orders. I love that, man. That's uh, you're, you're not up in the C-suite, man. You're you're getting after it, touching, changing lives. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new age, man. It's Amazon, you know? Yeah. No, man. That's amazing. Well, thanks for being on Jersey. We'll link up uh, all the links, man. Thanks for dropping gold nuggets. And uh, I'm going to make a note, man, to get you back on here. Maybe we'll, we'll do a part two and go a little deeper in marketing or something I think would be fun. Heck yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate having me. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com. 